What's up, church planners and church planning enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend, Matt Hess. And you are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planters. So whether you are a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, this is our first road show, man. Dude, we're on the road. It's pretty awesome. You know what I have to say, though? I envisioned our first road trip being a little bit warmer place. A little bit warmer? Maybe a little bit swankier? A little bit swankier than Ames, Iowa? Yeah. You know? But you know what? Ames is a nice place. For all of our Ames, Iowa listeners. Yes. The... Oh, tens, two of you. Tens of you, yes. Probably two of you, yes. Right. Yeah. There's many, many, yeah. many people in Ames yeah. listening. But you know what is really good? That so, we have a Cadillac Escalade as a rental car? We have, <laughs> do we have a Cadillac Escalade for a rental car? It's pretty awesome. It's my wife Erica's dream car. And so we're at the airport, and uh, the dude's like, yeah, your, your vehicle is not in, so we're going to upgrade you. And first, what did he offer us? It, it, what did he say? It was like an Infiniti. It was an Infiniti QX. 60, but then he said it had 50,000 miles on it, and I was like, no, dude, we're not driving that. That's trash. <laughs> so, stupid. so stupid. So yeah, so then he's like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give you guys an Escalade. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and this thing what is... What color is it? It's black, it's sleek, it's got the uh, an angel camera that hoovers. <laughs> he's calling it the, the angel like the, the angel, like the Holy the Spirit, the Holy camera. Spirit broods over our Cadillac, and it, and it, when you back up, dude, it's got a camera somehow and it, above the car. Above the car, and it tells you when your spots. It's insane for this, like it, everything, bend. man. Yeah, and it's like it's, 360 degree camera. We're at Walmart tonight before we came up, um, and. This I'm backing out and this car like comes behind me and my seat starts vibrating and red lights flash on the dash yep. to tell you to stop. This thing's insane, man. It is. So for any of our listeners who want to contribute to <laughs> <laughs> the fellowships, there's a button. There's a button. There's the gonna, we're going to attach a button onto this. Please help because it's really hard to pay these rental car bills. Yeah. So no. Yeah. Uh, we got free upgrades. Okay. It's all free. You can say so, Alexa, help me give. Alexa, help me give to Matt Hess's family's oh, man. car. Well, dude, let's talk about why we're here yeah. in Ames. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we're here in Ames uh, for a conference called the Hitchhikers Conference, and we're checking out, uh, uh, just getting together with some other multipliers, but churches that are uh, multiplying and uh, that are, are planting multiple uh, churches. Uh, and the Hitchhikers Conference, I think, kind of started off as a, uh, a church planting conference for collegiate church plants, yeah. really. And but they've been multiplying so well, yeah. uh, these types of church plants that now they've started inviting in, uh, you know, churches that are multiplying that are not just collegiate yeah. church yeah. planting networks. And so it's cool because we always get to meet uh, a lot of great people. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we got to meet uh, today, got to meet Colby Garman. And that's Colby, who you guys have heard on uh, the microphone. Uh, and he is here from Pillar Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Amazing uh, church. Yeah, incredible church. And uh, he's uh, the pastor there now they've uh, 21 churches that pillar has planted yeah yeah so that's called a multiplying church ladies and gentlemen yeah. it's pretty awesome yeah and so we uh we wanted to bring colby on and just pick his brain and and uh talk church planning a little bit with him so colby welcome man it's 
It's great to be here. Glad to have a chance to talk a little bit about what we've been doing, but it really just want to say the conference has been great, oh, too. Dude, it's so been amazing. Been here at Cornerstone Church and yeah. the work they're doing. They could do something about their facilities, though. I, I yeah. don't know. Well, you know, it's a little dumpy. It is a little dumpy. <laughs> it's not what we're used to in Dumfries and in Toronto, you yeah. know. So, yeah. yeah I mean, they, they need to come visit our elementary school and pick up on the vibe a little bit. <laughs> so put out some elementary chairs. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. Like the ones we're sitting in. Right yes, now to yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a great yeah. place. Yeah, it is awesome. Well, man, Colby, why don't you just share with us a little bit about how you uh, arrived uh, and how you became the pastor there at Pillar, and how long have you been there? Uh, tell us a little bit, bit about that, your story. Yeah. Uh, so after I'd been a Christian for a few years, I uh, finished a degree in biblical studies at Liberty University and moved to Stafford, Virginia, which is just south of Marine Corps Base Quantico. Yeah. Spent seven years on staff at that church, a uh, church called Stafford Baptist Church. I'm just, for the first time, surrounded by military personnel. Yeah. And it was just a whole new world for me coming from northern Pennsylvania where I'd never met yeah. hardly anybody who'd been in the military. Because Quakers are pacifists. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, in Pennsylvania, you know, yeah. it's a very different world. Yeah. And, uh, but really, you know, found that compelling. And a few years into that, uh, Clint Clifton came on to our staff as the worship leader. He was like our worship Get leader. Get out of here. Choir director. Oh, no, you're joking. Totally. Clint's, a, Clint's got a worship leader and choir oh, background? You can probably find some music online. Wow. Uh, oh, Clint. my goodness. Uh, he started a worship conference and a songwriting competition before American Idol was cool. What? He started God song. God song. Uh, wow. God he would do that song. sort of thing. People would write songs. But he was wow. our worship pastor. So that's how I was introduced to church planning, really. That is so because, cool, man. Yeah, even Clint at that time, uh, he was yeah. just all about church planning. And I'd yeah. never even heard the term. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so we he just started selling me on the, the idea. And before long, we sent him out to plant a church. <laughs> and, you know, in that, in that day, he kept his offices at Stafford Baptist. And he was planting on the weekend. Yeah. And it was kind of a, it was a whole church deal. Our church really sent him out and yeah. owned that work and cared about that work, sent 17 people with him. And so I now was the church of, he planted was, was, was... Then that church was Pillar Church. Right, Pillar yeah. Church. Pillar Dumfries. Church of Dumfries. Which and you lead now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I came back around um, after we started a project that took us to Iceland, Pillar and Stafford together. Yeah. A few years into that, I needed to move back home and... Um, landed at Pillar, and the elders at that time made a strategic decision uh, to shift Clint's responsibilities to directing our church planning work, and for me to take kind of what you would think of the traditional pastoral yeah. uh, responsibilities, preaching, teaching, leading the local mission, and him and I would just work together to see how many churches we could plant. Wow. And so that's how I ended up back there, and that was, so officially kind of July 2011, okay. I yeah. took over that responsibility, and we, Clint and I started working even more closely together to plant wow. churches. Awesome. So awesome. that is cool, man. Yeah. So you've been there since 2011. Yeah. To walk us through some of the the some of the highs, some of the lows. What it would have, you know, because everybody talks about multiplication. Right? Yeah. Colby and everybody. I want to start church. I want to multiply. We, yeah. Well, a great picture. You know, yeah. Great picture of that is the day I became sort of full time at Pillar. Mm -hmm. uh, Clint got up, made an announcement. Um, you know. 
Colby's going to be our teaching pastor. I'm going to direct church planning, and we are going to plant churches at every major Marine Corps installation. Yeah. And out in the chairs were like 35 people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We had yeah. 20 kids in child care, 55 people in the building that day. Yeah. And, you know, I was sitting there thinking, that sounds a little crazy, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think everybody in there was like excited about the idea because they knew we were committed to church planning. But yeah. I think everybody was a little like... That's that's kind of another crazy idea you yeah. guys have. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, th- so you know we're sitting there with big dreams, not yeah. a lot of resources, just trusting that wow. something will happen. Wow. And really, we over leveraged the church's finances to yeah. make that move because yeah. now you're thinking like it, you know we're trying to figure out how to make it financially work with two guys around. Yeah. The church is in its fifth year. You know, funding mechanisms have dried yeah. up in every way, shape, and form. So you're relying on the church congregation to pay both your salaries for the most part. For the most part, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Clint was working some side work with the denomination, yeah. but it was really limited. And in the first four months, that continued to get worse. Yeah, and so that we launched the Praetorian Project, which is our military church yeah. planning work, with a video in in November. Yeah, and the church had seven thousand dollars in the bank. Wow, wow. <laughs> and was not making budget. Wow, yeah, it was really crazy. Okay, I think it's good for our listeners to hear that though, dude, because you know we we, we talk all the time about the value in the in and, and the the power of vision yep. and not just vision, but big vision. And, you know, it's like church planners, God just wired us different. He made us different and, you know, multipliers, he made us different. And so when a pastor or a shepherd type comes in and they see 35 people in a room and they're all sitting in elementary chairs and you got a few kids in the back and somebody stands up and says that, you know, that's not their, that's maybe not how they're wired up. Right. You know, they think, Okay, let's let's build this because we hear this all the time. Let's get this going better. Let's get this going stronger, yeah. and then we'll plant. You know, but God doesn't work that way. No, it's it's about risk. Mm-hmm. It's you know, risk taking faith is a core value of our network. And um, man, why don't you speak into that a little bit? Like how looking back on that, I'm sure God has grown your faith a, a ton since the, that time. Yeah, and uh, you know, why don't you speak into that a little bit? What, what was that like? You know, to step out on faith. And then talk about God's goodness to you guys. Yeah, so some amazing things happened in that November. Uh, first was like the rock bottom moment for Clint and I. We, yeah. uh, you know, we went to, at the time we had an elder named Jack Catalano, a guy from Connecticut, an yeah. older guy. Like at the time, Jack was probably 60 or something yeah. like that. And worked a government contract job, helped us with the finances, was just a real faithful brother in that, yeah. that time. So Clint and I go over to his house. We're like, listen, Jack, uh, we're going to get jobs. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. But the church, we need to change some stuff about the finances yeah and, you know uh we're gonna have to work and just we're ready to make it work we just wanted to talk with you about it and get a plan together and jack around his dinner table was like listen you guys are doing the right things you need to keep going on don't you're not gonna get jobs yet we're gonna figure this yeah. out just keep pressing forward and he like Feel, like we came in really fearful. Yeah. He filled us with faith. We walked out and left. Wow. And um and he tells the story later, like he almost had an anxiety attack after we left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so he like totally he sees took, the numbers. He took that burden to himself yeah. while he sent us back out to do that. Yeah. And he was a man of prayer. He was just praying. Wow. Well the amazing thing was the next week, um, you know, somebody saw our video who could really help us financially yeah. and did. And wow. uh, $50,000 basically showed up wow. out of nowhere wow. during that time. And yeah. um, 
it, it was just for us that blew us away. Wow. After we got that, the next day another guy called and said, "I saw the video. We're sending you guys ten thousand dollars." And wow. so even just that sort of sixty thousand dollars that yeah. came in at that time allowed us to look out ahead and go, "We're going to do this." Wow. And 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 you know it filled us with confidence again. Yeah. And we the church slowly started to grow and be able to um, you know be able to care for itself a little bit more wow. and and that gave us just the runway we needed to launch the project but it took that that first step you had to take those first steps before yeah. you knew that that you know that affirmation was going to come from the lord right that's right so well the other thing is honestly if we hadn't had that vision none of that would have happened yeah so like i think about that with church planners who don't have vision yeah they don't have anything to give to. There's no stories of somebody, yeah. you know, Clint always says, you know, no one wants to write the last check to a dying church. Right. 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 But vision, people, when they see That's that right. and understand it, like mm-hmm. there's something to get behind. Yeah. And there's just something about that. Sometimes I think like if we hadn't done that, yeah. well, maybe the church just in general would have bottomed out and yeah, down, yeah. you know, but it was through the leaning into the mission, taking the risk mm-hmm. that he also provided for us to have a longer runway to get the church itself established. Man. Yeah. So what's, uh, so after that, Right, you cast this vision for the Praetorian Project. Why don't you just share briefly, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know what the Praetorian Project is, and I think it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, you want to maybe share a little bit about that? Yep. So the, the project started uh, with the goal of planting four churches in the four places that the majority of the Marine Corps was stationed. Yeah. Northern Virginia, Eastern North Carolina, Southern California, and the islands of Japan. Mm-hmm. We saw that, and we were seeing people move from place to place. We said, our goal is, let's put a church there so they can have a continuous family as people PCS and move through their uh, job assignments. And so that's what the Praetorian Project started as. And then it really quickly became, hey, let's plant a gospel center church near every Marine Corps installation around the world. Mm -hmm. Then uh, a few years later, it, it, it went through one more change where we planted a church outside an army base and we yeah. said, I think this is bigger than the Marine Corps. We started making yeah. progress on all the other stuff in the Marine Corps. Would, yeah. It's bigger than that. And so we've been trying to just figure out now, like what's next yeah. because it's more so military, military communities and what's, what's next in that yeah. category. No, that's awesome. So, man, that's incredible. Well, there's such a need there. You know, we were both in the military. Jared was in the army. I was in the Marine Corps. I was actually stationed in Quantico, right where you are. And uh, gosh, I remember the first time I heard about it all, I thought, dude, that's amazing. You know, it's an amazing vision to bring in, you know, people all, you know, every time a guy, I thought that's brilliant because, you know, every time a Marine gets stationed, you know, you go from second Marines in North Carolina to third Marines and say, you know, K Bay, Hawaii, right. It's like, you got to completely, Oh, I got to find a church family. I got to do this. I got to do that. But you can, you know, Clint was kind of talking about how you just basically transfer your membership and like, it's there, you know, and welcome home kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, over time, it's the, the chance to show up and see familiar faces, yeah. people you worshipped with yeah. at previous locations, cool. and just that family that exists inside the Marine Corps, yeah. one more closed circle of that sense of family as Christians yeah. mm-hmm. inside the Marine Corps, just really a strong identity. Man. And people who are around that, they immediately get it yeah. as soon as you say, oh, yeah. here's what we do. It doesn't take yeah. five seconds yeah. for them to be like, that's that's a really good idea. It's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, man, um, so... Why don't you uh, talk to us a little bit about how you, because uh, obviously you guys are playing churches still, you know, you're 21 so far, and I know that you guys are, are continuing to want to expand that and multiply more and more. So uh, where do you find these church planters? And uh, kind of mm-hmm. once you find a planter, how are you guys, uh, you know, getting them developed and deployed out into the field? Yeah. 
Well, I would say there's been two basic ways that that has happened. One is our biggest preferred way, which is we've had members who have felt called to church planting just because of the ministry that they've been involved in at Pillar. Mm -hmm. And uh, as that's happened, we've tried to tailor what that's going to look like, where they're going to go. And in many ways, the Praetorian Project started that way. We had two two Marines who felt called to ministry and uh, through their time with us, wanted to plant churches. So we started thinking, well, where are you going to do that? We're going to put you near Marine Corps installations. That makes sense, you know? Um, so, uh, so we find that we've been trying to develop them just through doing good discipleship with an eye towards church planting yeah. in, in the context of everyday church life. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit of that, like we always say, you need an end goal for discipleship for people. Yeah. And partly that's like being on a church planting team, being a part of the mission, being sent, being a church planter has caused people to, to think, I think I I should do that. There was one guy that said one time, um, you know, we said, have you ever thought about being a church planner? (laughs) And uh, and he said, I don't think there's any men in the church that haven't been forced to think about at some time (laughs) whether they should be a church planner. And uh, just that culture has caused more people than normal to be willing. And then sometimes we've had a burden for a particular spot, Mm -hmm. either advancing the project Mm -hmm. or uh, whether it's to reach Ethiopians in Washington, D.C. And we've just prayed and said, God, help us to find the right person that we can bring in and help get ready Mm -hmm. and do that. So those two ways, you know, and they come out of nowhere. In some ways, you know, like you, like Clint, you know, he, man, I've learned a lot from him on that. I mean, you know, he'll just ask a guy, you know, hey, I think you could be a church planner and if if you're willing to if you pray through this and you feel like you could then I'll walk with you through this and I'll help yeah. you and we'll train you and I think in a lot of ways like man it's very admirable because I remember when I first came into church planning, you know, around 2010, it was like the bar was so high. You know, it's like, yeah. you got to be this, you got to be that, you got to be, you got to be a shepherd, you got to be prophetic, you got to be this. Yeah. And it's, you got to be evangelist. Yeah, entrepreneur. Yeah. And it's like, man, you know, n- n- not one guy is all those things. It's like right. the, you know, the mythical unicorn or Sasquatch. They don't exist. No. And uh, I think what, what you guys have done with a lot of excellence is to be able to look at a guy and say, hey, listen, if you think you're called, we want you to pray through. And if you feel like you're called, we're going to help you train. We're going to prepare you to do this. And you're going to have a family to do it. And that, there's a lot of power behind that. Yeah, I think that that's really what's allowed us to do what we do. It's just the confidence is, one, in God's ability to equip, equip people yeah. through the local church. But then just in the fact that we're willing to walk with them. Yeah. And we know that means ups and downs. We know what it's like to shut a church down that we gave money and really, more importantly, like hard and soul to, yeah. to see happen. And, and, uh, like, can, and, can we just pause right there? Yeah. The, well, I think that, I think you hit on something that would be really good for our listeners. Yep. Um, you know, because that's the side of church planning. Like we don't talk about, you know, we, we talk about like the wins, we talk about the launches, we talk about all the, all the high attendance, all those kinds of things. Right. But what is that like? I mean, and of course we don't want you to get into details and names and stuff, but what is that like, you know, when you have to close the doors on a church plant that maybe doesn't that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, just this week I was um, texting with a guy who planted one of our early churches yeah. that didn't survive. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and you know, I remember the kind of the 
pain uh, for him, maybe yeah. more so. I mean, for many of them, it's a crushed dream, right? Of course. And so you're shepherding them through that. Yeah. And uh, and it is really difficult to to come to the end of something and say, we put a lot of effort into this and yeah. we didn't get what we really wanted from it, which was a church that could exist for generations, yeah. you know, of spreading the gospel in that community yeah. and mm-hmm. making disciples. But um, it, uh, we were texting about to this guy like, hey, maybe you should go do this and plant another church. And yeah. He's like, I've already shut one church down. And because he's still in our network, like serving, nice. you know, by, like co-vocationally yeah. as an elder in one of the churches and just blessing that church. Yeah. And uh, he said, I've already failed once or something like that. Yeah. And I stopped and I just texted him. I said, you didn't fail. That's right. And, and and I think as hard as it is to be able to look people in the eye and say, you never fail right. when you step out and trust God and call in your life. Yeah. And uh, sure. for that person who came to faith in his church, yeah. he didn't fail. Right. Yeah. And the people that he impacted significantly and discipled, he didn't fail them. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and to be able to say that with real sincerity yeah. requires us to look and just believe the kingdom is something yeah. that, that belongs to Jesus. He only sees. Yeah. And, uh, and you get that sense like yeah our institutional churches we want to aim for churches surviving yeah. and being healthy yeah. and doing that but also just being real about the fact that the most every church is going to die the church you guys the that's right you guys have planted yeah we planted yeah those churches are going to die unless jesus returns pretty soon yeah, uh, yeah. and uh the question is what are they going to be about during that time that's right and is church planning a, a really helpful way for us to get the gospel yeah. to as many people as possible? Exactly. You know, and, you know, I think that we talk about success. You know, we, we have to say, you know, uh, well, that church was successful, that this church was, or I was a failure. You know, if you're a church planner, listen to this. The only real way that you fail is if you don't give something everything. That's right. You know what I mean? If you if you plan a church and you don't give it your entire heart and soul and mind and being, then yes, you fail yeah. because God deserves our very best. Mm-hmm. And if you think, you know, we meet a lot of planners. You know, planners just by nature we we wrestle. I think with pride and this sense of entitlement. Like God has to do it. God doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, I talk and coach so many planners that they they almost just assume on God. Mm-hmm. You know, I preached last Sunday about this. We we presume on God. Like He's got to bless us. He's got to do this. Right. God ain't got to do a thing. Yeah. And if you you know the only way though to get back what you're saying that you really fell is that if you look back man i could live with we start church and it closed its doors if we did every single thing possible to make that thing healthy and successful i can live with that what i can't live with is if we didn't do everything to make it successful i think i think a lot of church planners and i can say this because i've been in the in this in this boat um struggle with depression and struggle with just discouragement because things didn't turn out the way that they were hoping that they would or they're not turning out the way that they thought they would because they see you know this like uh, rightly so like we like a conference like this right conference like (laughs) this we're celebrating stories of multiplication right so like i mean you know some of the stories we're hearing you know or like the you know these uh churches are multiplying on these college campuses like after four years they're running 1500 people and you're like my god you know like i haven't even met 1500 yeah exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah, well you know it can and even you know i have to check my heart because it could be easy for me to sit my 
watch here and go, well, my, you know, my man, I'm up in like Oshawa, Ontario. Yeah. And, you know, we've got like 40 or 50 people in the gym on a Sunday morning and yeah. you start to, but man, it's, you know, we say it all the time. God has called us to faithfulness. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, we, like you said, we can't, you know, tell God, here's how I want you to bless me or here's how yeah. I want you uh, to bless it's our not up to us, man. Nope. He shakes the, he shakes the tree however he sees yeah. fit. Yeah. You know, you stand under a tree somewhere and the, that fruit comes out, you yeah. know, you, he's the one that shakes it. He's mm-hmm. the one that makes it happen. And like, like Jared and I was talking about this though, not at the hotel. Like, I don't understand why God doesn't do certain things. You right. know what I mean? Like in church planning, I, I mean, like bless my church plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I say, and when I say certain things, I'm still I'm, trying to wrap my head around that. <laughs> that's right, Colby. When I say certain things, I mean like, why aren't we mega church yet? Yeah. You know, but no, seriously, man, I, I, I don't understand why, I don't understand why God doesn't do certain things. You pray, we're, we're talking about faith, you know, how our faith can move a mountain, you know, the faith of mustard seed. I believe that. I believe God can raise the dead. I believe he can heal. I believe he can take pain away from family members and church members and all that I, but he doesn't sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't get, I don't know why he does that. We had a, we had a friend who planned a church around the same time we did and, um, it just didn't work out and he was in a tough place. We're in a tough place. And, uh, you know, he, he asked me, he said, you know, Matt, why do you think that, uh, we failed and you succeeded? And I said, man, you, you brother, let me just speak the gospel into your heart. Like, did you try? Did you, did you pray? Did you fast? Did you share the gospel? Like you didn't fail, man. Like, um, and now he, God uses our failures to align us with his vision for our lives. And he's doing something now that he's completely suited for and he's loving it and he's gifted in it, you know? And it's just, and, and what his journey was, it showed him what he wasn't called to do yeah, and what he is called to do. And so to your point, man, that guy didn't fail. Yeah. And I think the practical aspect of failure, the part that we all sort of acknowledge that happens, like it's a blessing from God. Yeah. Like I know it's really hard. Like if you're a planter out there and you're hearing that, you're like, this isn't a blessing. Doesn't feel like a blessing when I'm preaching to four people on Sundays, but But I've been down that well. I mean, we went to Reykjavik in 2008 with a desire to see a church planted there and just be a part of that church. Uh, growing and multiplying in Iceland. Um, And in 2010, we had to come home because my third daughter was diagnosed with a complex congenital heart defect. Mm. And, you know, you were saying, you know, you don't always know why God is doing something. That's right. And, um, you know, my dream was to be there and to be there long term as a career and just see the gospel flourish in Reykjavik. And uh, some, you know, there we were late 2010 um, and we're home and we got a baby that's had a, a you know major heart surgery going to have two more and uh I'm not sure what's next in my life yeah and you know it it wasn't until that next July we kind of hung at a pillar for a while during that phase yeah and that next July when I came on full time at pillar um Clint was preaching that first Sunday I mentioned earlier yeah uh, and out of uh Philippians chapter one and the Lord just spoke to me through it. Uh, you know, Clint was talking about how Paul's imprisonment, the, everybody around him knew that it was for Christ. Yeah. And how that suffering, that situation that looked like it was bondage, yeah. was actually God's freedom for yeah. the gospel. Yeah. And, um, and, and Clint just said, you know, sometimes rather than sending us for the spread of the gospel, God chains us yeah. for the spread of the gospel. Wow. And that's that okay. day, the Lord just spoke and said, that's exactly what I'm doing to you. Wow. 
And, man, I just embraced that mm, yeah. in my life. And it was a real healing moment for, yeah. for me and a moment of purpose. And I think it's sustained, certainly, at least my effort in the last yeah. seven years in, in the ups and downs of what we do wow. to, to just know, man, I, this is part of what God's called us to. Uh, man, that's good. So this that's, I kind of wanted to talk to you about this, too, during our time. And it's kind of a good way to segue into it because, I, I mean— <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I know you, you definitely struck me as a guy who's got a heart for missions for the nations. Uh, you, you've, you know, uh, got an apostolic type of a bent to you where you want, you want to send, right? Yeah. So, and yet you've been, uh, at Pillar now as the pastor for seven years, right? Yeah. And so, um, how do you reconcile that? I mean, I'm sure there's times where you, you have this itch, right? You know, sure. and uh, where you're like, man, you know, I'd love to go and plan again, or I'd love to, you know, go overseas or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so what's that been like, uh, for you? Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, you get it all the time. If you have a mission oriented heart, um, and you know, for me, it's like, I'm always ready to grab the flag. Like yeah. if, if someone else isn't willing to do it, like I'll go do it. Yeah. Um, but every time it's just been this process of praying through God, how can you best leverage my gifts? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I serve Christ, right? I, I submit, submitted to him yeah. and th- that come back to that question and just really ask if I go do that thing, is it, is my time more useful there in doing that than it is in continuing to develop what we have? Yeah. I'm in a really special place. Like I feel like my anything I do gets multiplied automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can help our other planters. It can help future planters. And so it's just I feel like it's such a strategic spot that it's made it a little easier for me to stay. And it's one of the cases for like being a part of a multiplying church is yeah. you know that itch can be sort of solved by helping other people succeed and knowing that man whatever we do here could help eight ten other churches yeah, down the road. Yeah. And so it's been really. Every time I've been tempted, uh, and tempted sounds like a negative word, right. just every time other opportunities have come up, yeah. I just have come down to the conclusion. And I think the Lord's work special, in special ways in those situations just to say, you're not finished there. Yeah. And we had um, we, we interviewed Peyton Jones a few months ago, yeah. um, and Peyton was talking about um, how there's you know he, he's kind of figured out that there are two different types of apostolic guys. In his opinion, there's apostolic guys who are goers, and then there's apostolic guys who are sending type of yeah. apostle, apostolic guys, right? Where they'll they they'll stay in uh, a location longer, but they're constantly sending guys to new places. They're constantly catalyzing things like that. And I, I think that's neat. And that's important for people to hear too, because yeah. like I think sometimes you know, like guys, if they feel like, well, I'm I'm, I'm missionally minor, I'm apostolic, that means I, I need to move on, you know, automatically yeah. every you know few years. Yeah. And I think that that's not, in fact, that can actually be detrimental a yeah. lot of times to the kingdom of God into what God's trying to do, kind of like you're sharing in your story, you know, that you can be, God can work through you and your gifts can best be leveraged where you are right now. Yeah. You know, God put deep in my heart a long time ago, the value of long-term investment. Mm. And while at the same time having this desire for sending and and all of that, like the sense, like there's something really powerful about compounding your work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and some of that's been relational, like just being able to look back and see. um, I got a planter that I've been hanging out with the last couple of days who, you know, I've known since he was eighth or ninth grade. So I've Christ been been able to mentor him. He's planting like to be able to be with him in that story for as long as we have. Like there's something really special about that. Absolutely. And uh, you don't get that when you're jumping around, going from place to place quite the same way. Yeah. And so I 
really, I, I really love that. And, and for some reason, God's wired me that way. Mark Vance was talking, I think it was, he was talking today about, uh, um, the fact that a lot of times there seems to be two categories, like this sort of apostolic, uh, going and shepherding. And that's the only <laughs> categories people talk about. Yeah, but yeah. there's like this other strategic, uh, sort of middle ground of like, yeah, I see the apostolic work and I care about the sending work. Yeah. But I also see the way that th- you can strategize a whole church of people yeah. to leverage that. And, yeah. and, and I've always leaned into that part of yeah. things going, well, if we're going to do what, what we've dreamed about doing at Pillar, yeah. we've got to have proof of concept. We've got, yeah. to, we've got to develop this church. We've got to create a machine here. Right. And, uh, and being able to create that machine has been a bit of what's kept me going. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. You know, I, I go back to what you said, like what helps you stay kind of grounded is knowing like every system you come up with or whatever, you know, um, platform, whatever that, you know, it's going to help additional churches. Yeah. You know, that's a good word. Yeah, it is. Well, that, I think the analogy that, uh, really, you know, hit me today, uh, was when, uh, was it Mark uh, that was saying about the, uh, cutting the path through the woods? Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, Troy. Oh yeah, yeah, Troy. Right. So yeah, so Troy was talking about how you know apostolic types, you know, like like himself, you know, he always wanted to go through the woods off the path. Right. It was just more yeah. exciting, and but most people like to go into the woods on the path, yeah. and you had to realize that. And so you know, there's some apostolic type of guys that they're going to cut new paths in yeah. the woods. And then he was describing how Mark is the kind of guy who comes behind this new path and goes, Hey, we can, we can widen this. Yeah. New we can path make this a road and we can pave yeah. it into a road where lots of people can come through. Yeah. And I thought that was really neat how, you know, cause I, you know, Mark is also a, a, a catalytic type of a guy, yeah. but he's not necessarily the first guy that's going to cut, you know, yeah. cut, cut the brush down, right. He's yeah. going to make the path wider, right. bigger so that more people can go down it and, a quicker way uh, so that more multiplication can happen. So I thought that was a pretty cool analogy. Absolutely, man. That's cool. Yeah. So awesome. That's really been my relationship with Clint. Uh, You know, he's much more of a, you know, walk through the woods kind of guy. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I'm a bit of a, hey, let's make a road. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, there's a special synergy when you can find people you can really partner with and believe in together. And, You know, yeah. uh, that's an amazing. Well, I think what's I think I think what's encouraging to me when we we talk about all the like we're obviously at a multipliers conference. You know, you talk about like multiplication, and I think what's encouraging to me is there's there's more language where everybody there's a seat at the table for everyone. Yeah, you know the apostle yeah. types, the guys who you know going to come in and, and and start this work, get bored with it after three years, and go start another one. You know, there's there's room for the evangelists, the, the prophets, the shepherds, the teachers. I mean, like it's all there's room at the yeah. table for everyone. Yeah, and we're, whereas used to it didn't feel that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. used to it felt like you know you were weird if you or you were restless or you didn't have a good work ethic or <laughs> right. you know you're a yuppie uh, kind of guy, sort of uncommitted, uncommitted, you know, or yeah. bad integrity or whatever it might be. Um, and then, you know, on the other end, you know, when we, when we hear the word shepherd, like we think it's just this guy that's just, you know, not really on mission and just kind of caring for the saints. Right. And it's just not true. Any of that. Yeah. Right now, nobody wants to be in the shepherd category. Yeah. Like yeah. in the, in the, like just in our kind of ministry vibe. Oh people man. That we hang true, out man. with like, no, they're going to be it's like, true. Hey man, raise your hand if you're a shepherd who just likes to stay with the people. Bro. <laughs> Nobody's raising 
their hand. For Nobody. That. And you, you know what's so funny, dude, that you're saying that is I just had a conversation with a guy not too long ago. And it's, yeah, man. I mean, like, when I said, I think you may be a really good shepherd. I mean, he looked at me like I said, you know. <laughs> he just talked about his mama. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know. And his sister in the face. Yeah, yeah. And I think guys look at it and, you know, but, but ultimately, in all seriousness, ultimately, man, God has gifted the bride to accomplish yes. the kingdom's mission. Yeah. It's it, and, and when you say, I want that gift instead of this gift, like, we yeah. don't get to choose our gifts, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's crazy yeah. how well, guys I'm, think. I'm partly at Pillar because of one of the shepherds. Yeah. There was a guy named Stu Fugler who was an elder. And when he was getting ready to PCS to Bahrain or something yeah. crazy, um, I, I was on the fence about whether I was going to stay. I mean, things looked like they were going to be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just trying to figure out my life. And he just pled with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To stay because he was so concerned that the people would be shepherded. Mm. And uh, and it was his shepherding heart that was so compelling yeah. to me. And uh, really, I mean, just was weeping yeah. at the last elder meeting before he left saying, make the decision. Stay. I mean, it was just oh, such a wow. powerful moment in my life. Wow. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, within a week, I was like, yeah, I'm going to stay. Wow. Yeah. And that, that was a part of it. And I just think about shepherds have made... Our work possible. Oh, absolutely, right. dude. so many of them. Yeah. That and yeah. um, you know, us leaning into our shepherding gifts at times. Yeah, but then God giving us other shepherds on our yeah. other team yeah. that have just been pleased to to do that work in such an effective way and yeah. in our own lives. <laughs> wow. So. Well, I know we're probably working towards the finish line here, but you know, well, once you, once you, Jeremiah, might have something else he wants to talk about. You know, but once you just give us a, what are a couple of wins right now that you guys are just really excited about and then what would you say man these have been some really tough lessons that we've learned over the years and these are some things we're still trying to work through that might be good for our listeners yeah um some wins that i'm excited about is uh, one of them one of our recent plants just had a one-year anniversary in 29 palms california mm-hmm. and uh i was watching they had they did a facebook live video of the service and awesome and so a couple sunday nights ago i was just, just exhausted came home a long day yeah and watching this brother who was a member at our church yeah and was in the marine corps and god called him into planting and uh he planted the first time and and really toward the end of that, you know, went through some struggles, but seeing how, how well he's done. And it yeah. wasn't just so that the church is doing well after a year. Yeah. It was watching him lead on that video. Yeah. Seeing his confidence, his boldness and what he's done over the last year. Yeah. It's, it's a people win. You know, yes. you just go, man, I'm so glad we got to be a part of his life mm. and discipleship and development. Yeah. And so, man, I love Roy Garza. He's a, he's the pastor. Yeah. I know Roy. 29 Palms. Yeah, just, man. man he's so proud now. of him, and he needs wow. to become just such a dear brother and friend to us. Man, that's and, awesome. And so that, you know, celebrating that kind of yeah. win is a big deal. And then the second one is um, we we just uh, helped to reinvigorate one of our plants in East D.C. And, yeah. Um, and that meant Clint <laughs> uh, leading that work in yeah. the interim. And uh, two weeks ago, they moved to Sunday mornings and started meeting on Sunday mornings yeah. and kind of did, did a little bit 
of a fall launch, you yeah. know, and, uh, and it was exciting just to see the momentum and, and to be able to also walk with the brother who had done four years of work to try yeah. to get that church rooted and see him encouraged in what he's doing right yeah. now and excited that, uh, that, that's, that work continues to develop and being able to keep those relationships together, even when things haven't turned out always exactly yeah. the way we envisioned them. That's really special to us because it's always been about people and, and, Man, and just to be able yeah. to, to know like, man, in the midst of like some of the tension that comes mm-hmm. from a church having to change direction and, and dreams having to be shelved and, and all that kind of stuff to, to be able to still have those friendships wow. and, and to look back and think, you know, we honored the Lord together in that instead of just being dispensable. It's so, it's so crazy. You said that about, you know, it's about the people yep. and relationships because I was actually going to say that because you know, everybody talks about like multiplication. Mm-hmm. We want to start churches, you know, and like, well, why do you want to start churches? You know, at, at the end of the day, it's to advance the kingdom is to reach lost people and all that kind of stuff. But man, we're everything hinges on relationships. Everything is about people, you know? And so like when you send out a church, you know, you care about the people that you send out with them. You care about the planter. You want that pla- that planner to succeed you want them to win you know and like i think that's a really good word you, you know seeing roy and you're like i'm just proud of him yeah you know that right. feeling you get as a multiplier when you see guys you know like i get that with jared i i see i see jared and you know i watch one of his videos and i'm like man he's grown so much i'm so proud of him yeah. you know and he's not the same guy he was when he came to us yeah. and um and that's what it's about yeah. that's that's why i want to give my life to this because multi- multiplication and multipliers and stuff you know, we can keep starting churches, and but it's the people yeah. that you get to see develop and grow, and and uh, so that's that's a good word, man. Yeah, the pain side. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a fairly optimistic person. I have to think to come up with negative moments. But, yeah, <laughs> but. Um, we do bear these burdens together. Um, we've got a brother in Iceland who we've been planting with. He's an Icelandic brother who's just gone through just terrible trials mm. in the last three years. And those things really weigh yeah. heavy on yes. our hearts. And, yeah. Uh, you know, just seeing him, ha- them, their family just have to bear that burden, thinking about the spiritual warfare aspect of it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, you feel it with them. Absolutely. When when you know they're discouraged, yeah. When you know they're struggling, yeah. Wondering if they pick the wrong thing to do with their life, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. There's no way to separate from it if you care. Yeah, and that's right. I think like kind of all along the way, part of part of multiplying is also you're multiplying the trials. That's it, and the burdens that you have, and yeah. the discouragement that yeah. you share in and you bear up with. Yeah. And you know, I think about situations like that, and just uh, man, those are those are hard moments yeah. to to help people walk through. Yeah. So, I always think about. Paul, you know, that, that phrase where he, I think in second Corinthians where he said, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Yeah. 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 You know, I think that Can that's really identify with that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really apt way to kind of summarize the emotions of ministry probably, yeah. you know, especially church planning in particular, yeah. um, is that there's, there's sorrow associated with it for sure. And yet I, I, I I don't think any of us would want to do anything else with our lives. Yeah, like, there's just that's it's right. the best. <laughs> you, you know, man, you, 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 you spoke on something though just now that's really important for our listeners to talk about or to think about because everybody wants to multiply, but when you start to multiply and you raise up leaders, you do take on their burdens. 
Yeah. It's like your kids. Yeah. You know, your kids are going through things or whatever, man, as a, as a dad or as a mom, you own some of that. You, yeah. you hurt, you, yeah. you're in pain, you know, and like when you're going to develop leaders, when you're going to develop planners, man, when they're wrestling with depression, you know, you're on your knees crying, you're on your yeah. knees praying for them. And, um, I think there's always a price to be paid when we talk about advancing the kingdom. And as a, as a leader, as a multiplier, if you're going to give your life to pouring into leaders and to pouring into multiplication, you have to be willing to take on some of their pain and take on yep. some of those things, share those burns. That's a, that's a really good, good word, you know, because we're such, we're so prone to selfishness. Yeah. And I think that's why Paul keeps saying, get, get your focus off yourself. Get your focus off yourself. Yeah. You know, you can't pour into men and you can't multiply churches if you're so consumed and concerned all the time with your stuff. Yeah. I you feel know? like I've said once a month in my heart or even out loud to somebody like I get why other pastors don't send people out. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I just and that's not to say anything negative about our planters yeah. or our thing like it just at times is like it, it's it there's challenges. It's messy. It's messy, it's hard. It's messy, it's painful. And so, you know, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. it's a mess worth making for Paul like for real. Amen. Paul actually in Second Corinthians eleven when he's when he's uh, detailing all of his sufferings, you know, he's talking about his shipwrecked and he yeah. you know whipped with thirty nine lashes five times and all that. The last one that he says, he says, and on top of that, I have the daily pressure of all of the churches. Yeah. He's talking about the churches he planted, yeah. right? And that yeah. he's that he's sent out like he's raised yeah. up these elders and he's he, they've left the nest and like so he, it's he's describing exactly what you two were just talking about. Yeah. It's that he feels it with them. Like these are his spiritual children, right? Like yeah. he's raised them spiritually. And so like, it's, yeah, he feels it, you know? And so, and that's, he includes that as one of his sufferings right. in a way. And so I think that's a good word, Matt. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Colby, man. Uh, so if, uh, for our listeners, if they, uh, first of all, if like there's anybody out there that's interested more in, and learning about like church planting with military installations, I'm assuming that, you know, they could definitely get a hold of you, yeah, uh, and, and pillar network. So we'll put your, uh, we'll put your contact info in the show notes just so that they'll yeah. have a way to, uh, to, to get in touch with you guys. And Hey, if you guys want to plan the Toronto area fellowships network, yeah. I was here, you just let me and Matt know. Yeah. Our email addresses are in the show notes too. Uh, amen. And I don't know if we have any military installations up there, but. Uh, well, they do, but um, I don't know if there are that many people in them. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's right. I mean, Canadian military. It's a little different. A, they're not exactly like. Yeah. Never mind. I'm just going to stop talking. Easy. <laughs> Easy. I was gonna if Jared doesn't offend our Canadian listeners at, at least, least once an episode. episode, then. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's true. Well, Colby, thanks so much for yeah, coming bro, on, man. Pleasure, it was man. it was awesome. I'm uh, really glad we were able to make this work and and uh, and just pick your brain a little bit. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. And make sure you head on over to our website www.getinthetrenches.com, and there you can find other episodes. And you can also check out the show notes, and uh, you can get my email address, Matt's email address, and and Colby's information will be there if you want to get in touch with him. And hey, guys, we need your help getting the word out about in the trenches so that uh, this podcast can get into the hands of other church planters and people that are involved in church planting. So uh, if it's been beneficial at all to you, can you do us a huge favor uh, and head on over to iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. We're on all those platforms and hit the subscribe button. Uh, We'd really appreciate that. And hey, we're going to be back next Monday with another episode. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planters.